That Sober Guy podcast contains adult content, merciless truth, and emotional nudity. Listener discretion is advised. Broadcasting from the west coast of the Golden State, the nation's most straightforward recovery talk show, That Sober Guy podcast, helping to keep your brain sharp and your blood clean. And now, Shane Raymer. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Sober Nation. Sober Nation is the largest online recovery community and treatment resource center. They provide treatment resources to those struggling with addiction as well as to family members who are caught in the crossfire. On top of that, Sober Nation is a huge community of good people who share their experience with each other each day. They have informative content, recovery and addiction news, as well as an entire clothing line which helps expand the culture of recovery. They can be found at www.SoberNation.com. Once again, that's SoberNation.com. What's up, Tim? Folks, we got a great show for you today. My good homie Seth Manter is back in business on the podcast. Mr. Manter, what's up, man? Hey, what's going on, Shane? And uh, all the listeners, uh, good evening, morning, or afternoon, whatever time it may be, uh, you know, it's always an honor to come on, dude. This is so much fun to me. I, I always feel like I said on the very on the first episode that we did, Howard Stern pops into my head, dude, and it's it's just so it's so much fun. So uh, once again, you know, uh, thanks for having me on. And and two man, watching the show grow, it's it's great. I love it, and I I I uh, fiend for it. You know, I, I look for more. So uh, with that being said, thank you, and it, it's an honor. Yeah, man. No, I'm glad. I'm glad to have you back, and it is exciting to watch it grow. Uh, that's for sure. And uh, the excitement, yeah, it, it doesn't it doesn't go away. And especially when you get to come by and hang out with us for a little bit, get some Seth Manter character in the house. That's always well. Uh, I want to me- mention a couple things real quick before we get going. Um, you can check out that sober guy meetings on Sundays at 8 a.m. It's a live online meeting, and you go to uh, thatsoberguy.com, click on the live meetings tab, and you can register there for that meeting. We got folks joining in from all over the place uh, to, to talk about some good things or you can just kick back and listen. Uh, also, I want to recommend a couple recovery podcasts, some good homies of That Sober Guy podcast. We got the Share podcast. Check that out with Omar Pinto. Some great interviews on there and some uh, some great people, some great guests, and uh, some good content. Also, Recovery Elevator with Paul Churchill. You can check that one out too. So how this works is um, Recovery Elevator puts a new podcast out on Mondays. And then Omar from Share Podcast puts one out on Tuesdays. And then That Sober Guy Podcast puts one out on Fridays. So you can really line up your whole week with some good recovery content for you while you're driving, while you're, while you're at the office, while you're at the gym, whatever you're doing. And um, you can kind of set your schedule and add those to that repertoire of weapons that you're already using to fight addiction, alcoholism, depression, whatever it is that might be uh, hindering you in your life. Uh, so with that, uh, I think we're going to get to a, a, we have some emails that I've got from you guys in the last couple of weeks and I picked a few of them out and, uh, I think Seth and I are going to kind of, kind of read through them and, um, maybe answer any questions or just give a little feedback on them. And this first one says, uh, says, hello, Shane. I went through Amicus house treatment center for three months. It was the greatest, greatest experience of my life. I've struggled with addiction all of my life, but treatment here made a profound difference regardless of the number of times I've had to go through treatment. 
Mark Lundholm did recovery workshops at my treatment facility, and honestly, I was looking for podcasts by him when I found yours. I've now listened to most of them and will continue as they've made a difference in my recovery, especially the one about denial. Uh, she goes on. Uh, this is by Teresa H. I'm sorry, by the way, I didn't I didn't mention the name, uh, but Teresa goes on to say that um, she's working on step one. Uh, there's some issues with denial, like many of us have. Uh, she's an NA member. Uh, she believes in AA as well. You know, um, both both great programs. Um, Seth, what do you think about denial? Do you have any any uh, any opinion or advice on that? Have you kind of struggled with that early on in your recovery? Denial is pretty much the devil. You know what I mean. And and one thing that I found that in my recovery is that. Um, denial keeps me from being honest with myself and honest with anything else that is around me. It's so it's, it's a lot easier to deny our faults. Let me rephrase that. It's a lot easier for me to deny my faults rather than to work through them. Um, so now at this point in my life, I don't know, I'm not sure how I got here. Um, I like to think that my higher power helped me get here. Um, but I not, I'm able to recognize when I'm in denial and it's one of those things that I feel like I need to continue to work on and, and be conscious of that. You know, there's certain things that I could be in denial about and work through those really quick so that I don't get bogged down from that denial. Um, now early on in recovery, yeah, I'm sure there was some denial things, but you know, I was, I was ready. I knew that, uh, most of my life was led through denial. So I had to face the facts or, or, you know what I mean? I had to realize what was really going on and, um, kind of just work through that. So, yeah, I would agree. Denial, uh, denial is a tough one. I think that's really the, the first step in, uh, and people getting the help that they need is coming to terms with they with the fact that they actually have a, a problem. Uh, so this this next email comes from John. John says, "I've been I've been a user for 19 years. I'm 37, and in the name of my family and life itself, I quit drinking and using 19 days ago. Saturday mornings are a motherfucker. I'm not sure why. My shrink recommended I listen to your podcast on Saturday mornings after I told her I enjoyed it." I'm listening to Dance with the Devil, and that shit is dope. <laughs> Thank you for that. Dance with the Devil is some uh, some little acoustics jam that I wrote a while back, and I think I posted it up um, in, in one of the episodes on the podcast. Uh, but he says, really, I'm just writing to thank you for the podcast and being an inspiration. I'm finally about to get out of the house, and I'm excited and nervous about it. I'm sure you can relate. Here's to clean blood today. John, thanks for uh, thanks for that little message and feedback. Uh, Teresa, also thank you too for for writing in as well. Um, Nineteen years, John was a user. How long? How long were we users or drink? Let's see if you put it. I guess mine would have been. I stopped when I was thirty-two. Started when I was fourteen. So what's that? Eighteen years? Nineteen years? I don't know. My math fucked up but something, yeah something i'm close to that i'm right there with you i started probably 13 14 stopped when i was 30 so um i'm right there but john i mean welcome come on over you know like yeah i don't know i don't know it's uh the the once the fog begins to clear man you know even after the 19 days 
Is it was it nineteen days that he said that he stopped using? Yeah, nineteen days. Um, yeah, he stopped drinking, stopped using nineteen days ago. Yeah, so I mean, even after the nineteen days, John, I think that that fog has started to lift a little bit, and um, you know, it sounds like you're ready. It sounds like John's ready to uh, to to come to the light side. You know, um, I like I, like I said about your your podcast, Shane. I mean, it it helps me. You know what I mean, and. I got a little bit of time, but it, it, it's something that has helped me. And John, if it's working, work it, you know. Um, but I, I, I definitely do, you know, and I, I'm not a doctor or anything. I'm just a, a regular average Joe. Um, but, you know, I, I do definitely recommend um, seeking out, you know, some, some more professional help if, if you have the means for sure. Yeah, some support groups in the community. Uh, I know I know that uh, he mentioned that he has a, a some counseling or a therapist, so that's good. Uh, therapy's great, man. A lot of people, a lot of people are scared of that uh, that word. I think therapy or counseling, but um, shit, man, it saved my marriage and it, it saved it saved a lot of a lot of things in my life. Actually, it saved saved me um, just just in general. Uh, so we're gonna read one more. This comes from Jason. Uh, Jason says your podcast helped me get over the hump and make the decision to seek help and resources for my problems with sobriety. I've always smoked pot and been high every day and every minute I was not at work. Damn, that sounds really familiar. And sometimes when I was, that sounds even more familiar. <laughs> yeah. After a few after a few years, uh, just the high wasn't wasn't enough, and I started adding alcohol into the mix. Uh, waking up each day saying I would not get high, and then by one hitting up the hitting up the herb um and then he also says it doesn't matter whether it's pot alcohol food whatever it is it's the mindset that we're born with man and that's huge i think uh, i think uh, jason you 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 really hit that on the head right there that addictive personality whether it's uh food or sex or drugs or um i mean there's all kinds of different things that, that we could talk about it's never enough i feel like uh, at least at least for me uh so Anyways, he says, I'm a week sober and just getting started, uh, but wouldn't even got this far um, without without you and and and, uh, and Mike Catherwood. I'm not sure who Mike Catherwood is. Have you heard of that? Have you heard of him before? No. Um, well, I'll have to I'll have to look him up, man. I'll check him out. Um, anyways, uh, Jason, thanks for uh, thanks for writing in, man. And I know, Seth, you can attest to the to the I don't get high. I stay high mentality. Yeah, absolutely, Jason. I was I was that I was that guy too. Um, you know, I would smoke weed on my way to work just to uh get rid of the hangover from the day the night before. So, um, yeah, I totally relate to that and you know, I think that uh I I totally relate to the addictive personalities, you know what I mean? I'm a nowadays I'm a uh quad skinny caramel macchiato <laughs> and Copenhagen addict, you know what I mean? And I can't I can't seem to shake those, you know what I mean? But um, the difference between those two things is they don't have any negative effects on my uh, on my life or um, I was going to say well-being, which is probably false, but, you know, I, I'm able to use those things as a tool. Um, so, yeah, the addictive personality is it's, it's just who we are. Uh, well, th- well, thank you guys for writing in. It's, it's fun to read some of those sometimes and just kind of 
kind of uh, elaborate on them a little bit and hear what you guys are saying and uh, let the word get out there and hopefully it uh, it rings some bells in some other people who might be struggling with some of the same stuff. Uh, send us an email if you have any questions, comments, uh, or any feedback for the show. Uh, you can do that at sobriety at that soberguy.com. And if you go to the website, there's also a submission form on there uh, that you can check out too. Uh, leave us a rating on iTunes. That's huge. That's the biggest way you can really support the show because what it does is it helps rank our show in iTunes, uh, which puts it up there higher and it'll help more people find it. Uh, so we're going to we're gonna visit now. Actually, first and foremost, I'm such a fucking dick. I didn't even do this yet. The reason that Seth Manter is here tonight is because Seth is celebrating today, not yesterday, not tomorrow, today. Uh, five years of cleanliness and sobriety. Congratulations, Seth. That's fucking awesome. Hey, hey, uh, thanks, Shane. I appreciate that. Um, you know, from 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 the bottom of my heart. I mean, it's been a it's been a long road, but you know, uh, I was telling my stepdaughter this evening, right before I came over, I was like, you know. I've always wanted to get to this point. I've always wanted to be like, yeah, I got five years of sobriety, right? I've always wanted to be there. Today came and it was like, holy shit. It's just a regular day. You know what I mean? <laughs> and, I, and as I was talking to Bailey about it, I told her, I was like, look, this may be a little deep for you, but the, big, the most important thing is today. You know what I mean? I wouldn't have gotten five years if I didn't do the one day at a time. You know what I mean? I don't care about the five years. The thing that is more amazing to me is that for today, as of right now, I'm sober. And I've been sober since I woke up this morning. And that is the most amazing thing. I just want to get back to those e- emails real quick. The one the one common ground that I saw in all three of them was that they were, um, you know, within their first two weeks or week and yeah. a half or yeah. week or whatever. For me, that was the hardest part of my me beginning my uh, recovery was that first day when I was like, I'm fucking done. I can't take this shit no more. So mad props to um to the to the emailers. Like, if it were my advice, the hardest part is done. Um, you know, now it's it's just work from there from there on. But the hardest part. That was that was the hardest part for me was that final aha moment that said you're fucking done, Seth. So, uh, mad props. Keep up the good work. Reach out. You know, there's there's millions and millions of people out there just like us. Yeah, I, I would agree, and I, I think you I think you're right in the fact that that first thirty days, um, you know, and and this whole journey is a struggle at some points, but definitely the first thirty days is uh it's tough man it's tough it's really uh i mean that's that crutch that we've been using for years you know if i'm happy i'm drinking i'm drugging if i'm sad i'm drinking i'm drugging if i'm you know whatever i am that day i'm drinking i'm drugging because that's what i do and so to to really submit and have to give that up um i think sometimes that part of it gets overlooked in the whole recovery um uh, process or especially in the beginning of it is that that's why a lot of us fear getting sober is because how are we going to function without alcohol, without drugs in our lives? Because that's all we know. 
and uh, I, I don't want to speak for Seth, but I'm sure he'll say the same damn thing, is that it's fucking possible, and you can do it, and there is a life out there, um, you know, in sobriety, and being clean, and being happy, and uh, and, and being healthy. Um, so we're, we're going to, we're going to jump into Seth's story a little bit and kind of see, check in on him and see how he's doing with this, uh, you know, in, in the last five years, kind of revisit that a little bit, but first we're going to jump into the 14 days to building self-esteem. If you haven't heard this yet, if you go back to episode 50, uh, we started it then. And what we do is we do one day of building self-esteem per episode. So this time we're on, uh, we're on day eight. And um, day eight starts like this. I will allow myself the freedom to make mistakes without self-accusation, without feeling defeated or less than. It is said that a person who doesn't make mistakes doesn't make anything. I'll find a way to correct my errors and make my life a little easier for myself. So today's meditation. Grant me the love to accept myself with my mistakes and the wisdom to learn from them. Let me read that one more time. Grant me the love to accept myself with my mistakes and the wisdom to learn from them. And then we have an exercise we can do. And uh, if you're driving or if you're somewhere where you can't write something down, uh, maybe play it back later and, and jot some of these notes down or keep them in your head and try to try to write one or two of them down afterwards. Because when you put that on paper, it's really going to help um, to kind of bring bring that uh the mistake to life in this case. And, and, and what it is, is it's list three mistakes that I've made in the past year and find what I can learn from these mistakes. Um, Seth, do you have a mistake, uh, uh, in front of you or that you could think of? I don't want to put you on the spot, but I don't know if you have anything in particular you could think of. Yeah. I mean, I wiped my ass a little bit too many times the other day. That was a mistake. Cause I think it left a red <laughs> diapery rash. I don't know if that if that uh, qualifies, but the, uh, <laughs> gross. Not to did say, I just leave not, you speechless? Not, not to say that I haven't done that because I have. <laughs> I actually do it on a on a regular basis. But uh, one of the mistakes that that um, has popped into my head, we talked about this a little earlier, is the uh, I've been I've been speeding up on yellow lights a lot lately. <laughs> yeah. It seems like I used to um, slow down and actually stop at a yellow light. You know, but now it seems like, ah, oh, I'm in a hurry. I, I need to get where I'm going, you know, and I, I, I haven't um, I haven't realized until now that that is a mistake or there's, you know, um, something something really bad that could happen from that. So um, I plan to uh, be a little bit more conscious of that, you know, and kind of uh, take a step back, slow back down. You know what I mean? Because it, it, it's just it's it's an accident waiting to happen, really, is what it is. Yeah. And, and what um, is it going to save you? Five minutes, or not even that? Thirty seconds? If yeah. you made the light. Yeah. But you know what's fun? So let, let's let's kind of elaborate on this real quick. <laughs> if you miss that light, there's a chance you're going to miss the next seven lights too, because you know damn well they all go in a row. So when I hit every light, boom, 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 it's all green. If one of those lights gets fucked up, I'm fucked, and I'm hitting every red light the whole way down. So I, I kind of understand. Um, I'm sure there's some people out there that can relate to that too, but at the same time, yeah, it's an accident waiting to happen. And it's also added stress in the morning on your way to work or whatever that you probably don't really need, you know? Well, yeah, and absolutely. I mean, and then now you're starting to, you're stressing yourself out like, Oh fuck, am I going to get the next green light? So 
because I ran that yellow light. So by the time I get to the next light, that one's going to turn yellow. So you end up speeding up so that you don't have to uh, face the next yellow light. And it goes back to one of my other, you know, my big, big thoughts. Like, is it really that fucking important? Yeah, you know I what I mean? That. Did I, did I get to the green light? Because I usually, I mean, usually it's on my way to work, you know, and, uh, I usually arrive at work 15, 20 minutes early anyway. So what's, you know, what, what, what's the purpose? But yeah, you're absolutely right about the added stress of, of, of the craziness that we get into. It's, it's so funny that we stress ourselves out about little shit like that. So is it really that fucking important? Yeah, the li- the little things, man, it's uh the little things can really do it. I know they do it to me and uh that's probably one of the mistakes that I make is I let those little things fester. A lot of it for me is the compulsiveness to keep things clean and arranged and in the right spot and in the right order. And I have two young kids and a wife who takes care of those two young kids. And so there's chaos around the house and there's shit everywhere sometimes. And I come home and it, it freaks me out that something's out of place. And that's something that, you know, I just... I'm having to really work on it. And I know I know how fucking stupid it is too. You know what I mean? I know how dumb it is. It doesn't it doesn't do anything for me. It doesn't do anything for my family to have me stressed out about stuff like that. And there's nothing I can do about it. On a Saturday when I have the kids, I swear it's fucking it, I, I must be the dumbest person on the face of the earth because I sit and I walk and I clean shit up and then two minutes later the same thing I just picked up is been thrown, you know, in the same spot. Uh, plus some more toys, you know what I mean? So I'm sitting there stressing about picking this stuff up and, oh, God, I got it. Well, it's just going to get messy anyways, you know what I mean? It's just going it, to it's, – it's not helping the situation by having me trip out and stress out on that kind of stuff. So um, I don't know what you would call that as um, I, guess, I guess just having a little bit more patience and, and trying not to make things such a big deal and stress out about dumb things. Like yeah, that. so that, that's funny, man, because just before we, you know, went on the show or whatever, we were talking about mistakes, right? Like, and this, this got brought up in the, in the last, uh, that sober guy meeting was that, man, I don't really make mistakes. Well, bullshit. I mean, you're making the mistake of, of getting, uh, being a little obsessive compulsive about cleanliness and then yep. you, uh, you continue to allow that to anger you and stress you out and it's. It's so funny that um, we continue to make the same mistakes and pay for them multiple times. This is actually something that came from uh, The Four Agreements, which uh, is one of my most favorite books in the world. Uh, It's by Don Miguel Ruiz. And uh, he writes in here, and excuse me, I I might butcher it a little bit, but I'm going to go ahead and read it verbatim here. Uh, The problem with humans is that whenever we make a mistake – we pay for many thousands of times. We are the only animals that do this. Most animals pay for the mistake only once. While we keep reliving ours in our minds over and over again, we also make others, such as our spouses, kids, parents, bosses, coworkers, what have you, pay for their mistakes continuously as well. Which is, I mean... It's so right. It's so right because I, you know, I I find that there are times that I make a mistake and I I tend to beat myself up over that other than go with the, uh, the, you know, other than learning from it and, you know, living that progress, not perfection. So, 
Um, you know, that's that's just something from uh, Don Miguel Ruiz from the Four Agreements. Yeah, no, I love I love that, and uh, it, it is so true. And I, I I had just talked about that on the Share podcast. Uh, I I did an interview on there recently, and I talked about how. Back in the day, man, the littlest thing, I would have beat myself to all hell about it for weeks, for months, and I would have never let it go. And um, what did I do at that time? Well, there was many, many of those instances, and so I drank about it. That's what I did. You know, that's what I did to cover up that hurt, that that pain, uh, that insecurity. Um, now, I mean, f- fuck, I'm going to have a bad day. I'm going to make a mistake sometimes, but it's not going to ruin my month. It's not going to ruin my week. Uh, it, it might fuck my day up a little bit, you know, but at least now I'm conscious of the fact that, okay, I'll give myself a day maybe to kind of, you know, to, to kind of think about it. And, um, you know, it's 10 times better than it was before, though. And that, that's, really, that's really what the most important thing. And I guess I just continue to learn on it. Um, so let's finish up day eight. And this, this goes with today I will remember. And this is a nice short one. Mistakes are for future growth. And that really ties into just what we're talking about. You know, we make a mistake, we learn from it, and we move the fuck on. And then, you know, the biggest thing, the biggest thing to remember, and it's probably the same, means the same thing, but different wording is progress, not perfection. You know what I mean? Learn, make mistakes. Don't be afraid to make mistakes, but learn from them. That's the biggest thing is to actually... I don't know about psychoanalyzing your mistake, but yeah. getting down to the nitty gritty, like, okay, yeah, so I made a mistake. This was, you know, what the problem was. This is what happened. And this is my action. This is how I'm going to correct it. So the next time, you know, that mistake, even if you do make the same mistake, it's not as severe as the first time you made it. So progress, yeah. not perfection. So Seth, five years today, five years. Stay tuned, by the way, for next Day nine of the 14 days to building self-esteem next week. Yes, uh, five five years, Mr. Manter. How does that feel today? I know we kind of touched on it a little bit, but uh, I know, and I know it's, I, I know we don't like to put a number on things. It's, it is one day at a time and it, you know, but um, we can try to downplay it as much as we want, but it, it is something that's important, man. Five, that's five years. Like I told you earlier, man, five years since you ain't pissed on nobody's couch. How fucking rad is that? Yeah, it's dude, it's it's pretty awesome. It's 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 pretty awesome. And and like you said, not to downplay it or anything, um, it, it was a goal of mine. But you know, after I, I've reached that goal today uh, this morning when I woke up, I was like, Okay, I made it. Five years. So my next goal is five year in a day and tomorrow five year in two days. But, um, yeah, five years. I I think the most amazing thing is that, um, I would have never thought, I would have never thought that I would go five years. Um, not only not having a drink and not smoking a little bud or, uh, snorting a little Coke or, you know, but, the five years of progression that I've made is, is the most amazing thing in all. Um, you know, in these, in these five years, I've, I've turned into a lovable person. I've turned into someone that, um, can love and understand and really, you know, be the best person that I could be. And the, the, it's so crazy because I could only get better. You know what I mean? Um, 
if I continue to do what I'm doing, I could only get better. And that's, that's the most exciting part. It's not, I'm not excited that, you know, I don't have to drink for five years because I, I, I truly feel that although I'm, you know, I am an addict, I am an alcoholic, you know, that the obsession to drink or use has, has been lifted. Um, so that's, that's just the most exciting is that I, I get to progress now. I get to, I get to move forward and, and here I am. Do you ever, uh, do you ever think that that obsession may pop up or does it still pop up occasionally? Like I know, I think we had talked recently and, uh, and just to touch on this real quick, recently you've gotten married, um, you know, and, and recently we had, uh, you had your, your wedding reception and I know both of us, we had kind of talked about how that seeing everyone having some beers and having a good time and stuff. It kind of, I know for me, at least it brought up a little bit of, damn, I wish I could have one or two you know, one or two drinks and just kind of kick back and, um, you know, and then, and then like once that urge, once I really think about what that is going to turn into, it's such a turnoff to me, you know, now, because I know right where that heads, but that still that, um, that like, I don't even know how to describe it, that it's almost like a salivating taste to just taste some beer or something, you know? Yeah. I mean, and I mean, I'm not going to lie. Like there are times that it's like, fuck that looks good i'd like to yeah. taste that you know um and, and just getting back to the party and this is something that i touched on when uh in that sober guy meeting again was that um in the lead up and building up to the party the day of you know i found myself really concerned with the um beverages that we were going to have and i, I was yeah, trying right. to help my stepfather out um to get the keg all said set up and it, at that point in time i realized that you know what this my alcoholism is just like the sleeping tiger. It's sleeping. And I feel like he got out of REM a little bit. He was still asleep, but he got out of his REM sleep um, in that moment. And I felt, I just felt this weird uh, feeling overcome me. And it was, you know, it was, I don't know. I don't know if it was the obsession to drink. Um, it was probably a little bit of more of a curiosity to see what the, the beer tasted like. I heard it was horrible, you know, um, which, which is fucking hilarious, but I, I, it's crazy that, uh, I was obsessed with making sure that the kegerator was working fine. You know what I mean? And then, and then even as, as the night went on, you know, um, a couple of the girls that were helping us out with the party, they're like, Oh my God, we're out of Coors Light. And of course, you know, Seth to the rescue sends a couple of his friends who, uh, one of them doesn't drink to go buy more beer. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, it, it's just crazy. Like that obsession to, uh, be a people pleaser to the beer drinkers, I guess has not left my body, <laughs> but yeah, as long as the, you're not the, drinking it. Yeah. The, the Coors Light, I wasn't, I, I had no curiosity because I know what the Coors Light, but the stuff that was in the keg was something new. And I was like, eh, you know, I want to, you know, I kind of wonder what that tastes like, but it, uh, <laughs> we thank, all know what Coors Light tastes like. It yeah, tastes like shit. Yeah. The, uh, so we don't, we don't need anything from that. Yeah. Definitely Lake beer, uh, from, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's some shotgun and beer. That's about it. But the, I mean, thank God that, you know, my higher power, put that feeling into me was like, whoa, step away. Yeah. Step away from the keg. Because if it, and if it was my own will, I would have fucking drank that shit. You know what I mean? So, um, and this is coming from a guy that had a really, really hard time with a higher power. 
So, but that, you know, that's just something that, uh, as of recent that, um, has kind of happened and, and, you know, I was able to fight through it. I had a, had a great time. The, the party was, um, fun. My, it was my sober ass was out there dancing that Shane. That's probably the <laughs> first and last time you'll ever see me dance. Yeah. You were fucking cutting a rug, man. That's for sure. You were getting down. We were loving it, man. It was a good time. The, the, the girls did such a good job, uh, such a good job decorating the whole backyard and just made it up like uh it was it was fucking legit man and just a quick shout out to to mel out there congratulations mel you know uh you know we love you out there so if you're listening congrats on the on the wedding and uh yeah we had a good fucking time so yeah we did um you know you know what's so funny about that is that uh after after the fog from the party kind of cleared, you know, we were talking about it and, and how much fun we had. And then, you know, there was something that was brought up to me that I was unaware of, but I knew it was going to happen. Um, you know, there was a couple of family members that obviously got probably a little bit too drunk, but, um, you know, I feel that they're alcoholic at times. And then there was also a couple of family members that were, uh, smoking pot at my house, which, the marijuana pot, dank bud, whatever you want to call it, that's one of the things that I miss the most. Yeah. You know what I mean? And to, uh, it wasn't right under my nose, but just to know that they were doing it at my house and I've told them, you know, one, one of them in particular, a numerous of times is don't bring that shit to my house. And it was the pure, um, kind of disrespect. I felt, yeah, felt disrespected yeah. in that sense, you know? And as I got to thinking about it, um, it's just, it's, it's that addict personality. You know, he, the person that I'm talking about, um, he knows I love him very much. You know, it's, it's my older brother and, and he's definitely a, a addict and, uh, an alcoholic. I mean, he, he no longer drinks, but, um, you know, his, his whole personality of really just not giving a fuck. I mean, it's, I see myself in that, you know, and it, it was, something that was kind of, you know, awkward and I have to deal with it. And, um, you know, next time I see him, I'm going to confront him about it. But, um, so there was definitely, you know, a couple uncomfortable moments. Well, like, like, like I was telling you the other day, we kind of touched on this a little bit when we were talking on the phone is that I, I couldn't tell you handled it very well, like a, like a true professional, you know, if I don't know how else to put it, but I, I couldn't tell that you were uh, had, you know, if you were feeling any kind of uh, anxiety or having any thoughts or anything like that, man, you handled it. You know, you hosted the party well. Um, and, and Mel, too. I don't I don't know if she was, you know, I'm sure she probably was maybe feeling some of those same type of things, too. You know, being the host and having everyone around like that. I know there's uh, sometimes it can be a bit stressful, uh, but you guys handled it great. And I think everybody understands. um well, let me take that back. Everybody doesn't understand because it's it's sometimes it's it's not easy to understand. But um, I feel like for me, so for for the longest time when I had people that were close to me, um, I always felt like their behavior was a, a reflection of me, you know. And and so that took me a very long time to kind of figure out that like, look, I'm my own person, I'm my own man, and like, I don't care how close somebody is to me, that's not me. 
You know what I mean? Like I, I do what I do and I make the decisions I make and I make the choices I make and their dumb behavior or their good behavior, whatever it is, is not a reflection of me at all. Do you, you see what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I don't know what to say to that because it was just so beautiful. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, <laughs> oh man. I love you, bub. I love you. Well, so what, what is, uh, what what is life like today? Uh, I mean, I know I feel I feel like that's such a dumb question because we've. Uh, what is life like today? I've asked that question to many people, so don't take offense to that if I've asked you that before on the show. Uh, but it's a pretty common question. Coming from five years ago, making a choice to to get sober, to sitting in this chair tonight on um, you know a good homie's podcast and talking about it. Um, it's 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 quite the journey, I guess, is what I'm getting at. Yeah, it has. It's it's been a really good one and you know, um one of the biggest points is that I wanted to make was that um you know, I had drank and used drugs for a long time. And I don't know if I was a functioning alcoholic or a non-functioning alcoholic, but I I would think that I was a normal guy who liked to drink a lot. Um I would go to work. I would pay my bills from time to time. Um, you know, but I wasn't that, that classic. And I always love when you bring this up, Shane, is that not every alcoholic is a classic bum sitting in, in the doorway of some old rundown building. I was an average guy, you know what I mean? And it's, it just goes back to, you know, that it, it affects everybody and it, it not, it doesn't affect everybody, but it affects all different types of people. Um, so that's, that's one of the biggest things, but life today, I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's a constant, um, I need to work on myself on a daily basis. And, um, one of the biggest things that I do is I remind myself that, um, I am powerless over alcohol. I re I do that first step every day. And I've kind of changed it up a little bit, you know, because alcohol is not, or drug is not in my life right now. Um, but I tell myself I am powerless over alcohol and with alcohol or drugs in my life, my life is unmanageable. So in other, in other words, to keep my manageable life, which my life is very manageable nowadays, I need to reframe from the drugs and alcohol. And even more importantly, I need to reframe from the thoughts feelings, environments that will lead me right back to the drugs and alcohol. I need to continue to work on myself. Um, and that's, that's one of the biggest things that I do today. One of the, one of the questions that I, I, I seem to get a lot is, uh, cause I get, I get a lot of emails from people just like the ones we read today who are, who are in their first 30 days, you know, and I, I can remember going back to, um, when I first got sober and like asking myself, like, how am I going to deal with my, with my friends? How am I going to deal with these certain situations, um, you know, that I have to be in where there's alcohol and drugs around and how, and how am I going to remove myself from those situations? And I, I only bring this up because of something that you just said about, um, just about you're kind of having to relearn this again, you know, and especially in the, when you're new into it, you know, and, and now you got to keep working that recovery and not putting yourselves in, uh, in situations. Well, now it's probably a bit easier for us to do that because we have a little bit of time under our belt, 
But what about somebody who's, um, you know, who's in their first 30 days? I'm curious to know kind of how you dealt with that, you know, either not going around or, I mean, because we can't just cut our friends off. I mean, well, some of us can. Some of us have to. I guess it all depends on the situation. Um, But we definitely have to relearn some of the things that some of our habits and stuff, you know. Right. And, you know, one thing I remember, Shane, when you first came to me, um, one thing that I told you, and this is something that I lived by, was that the people that care about you the most are going to be the ones that are by your side drinking hand or not. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I know that um, for myself, that was one of the hardest things to uh, come to terms with. Like there was homies that I used to love to party with and I could not figure out for the, for the life of me as to why these people didn't want to hang out with me no more. And it finally, (laughs) I finally dawned on me probably a year later that it was because I didn't want to drink. Yeah. And I think the biggest thing to know is that, and this comes from the bottom of my heart, the people that care about you the most are the ones that, um, will stick with you thick and thin. You know, um, I remember, I remember when I first surrendered, I went over to my mom's house and no shit. I was on my knees crying to my mother you know what I mean? And that, I mean, a grown man, that's probably one of the hardest things that you got to do is have your mom see you at your weakest point. Yeah. But she didn't care about that. She didn't care that, uh, I was crying. She knew that I was crying out for help. Um, and then, you know, I shortly, shortly went after and, uh, talked to Melanie and, that was the other amazing thing about, about this woman was that she, we had only been together four or five months at the time. And she pretty much told me, Seth, whatever you need, I'm here for you. You know, and it, and um, I had you, Shane, I think you told me that. I'm sure you told me that. Um, so it's, it's, it's the ones that, I mean, it's, it's, it's hard. It's hard to surrender. That's one of the hardest fucking things I did in my life. You know what I mean? But it's also one of the most freeing things, though, too, when you do it. Like, I can remember that, that finally when I just, like, was just exhausted, just mentally, you know, physically I was feeling like dog shit. And, uh, I just remember just being like, God fucking, I can't take it anymore. Just, I'm an alcoholic. Yeah. <laughs> you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Like I fucking, I need help. Yeah. Like straight up, just, I need help. And like, God, like I'm, I'm just re I'm revisiting it right now as I kind of talk about it. And just like, I feel like when I said I need help, I was just like puking up all of this shit at the same time, if that makes sense like this, just bleh. And then, and then you say it and you're like, Oh my God, I, I think I feel a little bit better right now for a second, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And that's, that's the beautiful, most beautiful thing about it. Like you could not make any sense at all, but you make sense to yourself and you're getting yeah. the shit that's on your mind out and out there in the open in the atmosphere. Um, and then, you know, just leading back to, um, you know, the people that are in their first 30 days or even their first day or first hour of sobriety or whatever. I'll say this again. There's millions of people out there who were in the exact same point as you may be right now. And it's okay to feel like that. Trust me. I mean, it's, it's worked for me. It worked for me. I, I think I've turned out um, pretty good from it. So it's it's very liberating to uh, be able to do that. Not easy though. Yeah, 
No, it's not. It's it's not. But uh, I guess it depends on how how bad you want it. So what else is up, man? Anything else new going on um, that's maybe outside of the recovery world? Other than the Raiders, they fucking won two games. We're not going to talk football because I fucking hate the NFL. But I, you just have you have your Raiders hat on right now. Well, you know so. I got to you know I got to represent that. I know. Um, no, you know there there is uh, there is quite a bit going on outside of um, I, actually nothing in my life goes on outside of recovery. Yeah, you know that's what a I good mean? answer. Because to that. thank you. <laughs> because everything that goes on in my life now. Um, if I wasn't in recovery, wouldn't be going on. You know what I That's mean? So, point. so there is a, you know, I'm a, a newlywed, you know, um, one of the most amazing things I told my stepdaughter that I love her for the first time, you know, <laughs> and I, cool. and I did that in front of probably 80 people, which was, yeah, that was cool, which was really cool. And then, and then, uh, you know, the coolest thing of all was that she said, I love you back. You know what I mean, and and that's something that's really new to me. You know what I mean? Like I don't feel like and let's there was... set the tone too. It's not like she's like eight. She's what fifteen? Yeah, she's fifteen. Yeah, so that's a fifteen-year-old, you know, young high school girl able to connect with her stepdad on that level is uh, is pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and that's another thing, man. Like I, when I was in my addiction, I would have never said that. You know what I mean? You might have said, I fucking love you. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I, I, I would have said it, but I would have said it yeah. without feeling, you know what I mean? And, and having genuine. that having that uh, feeling. So that's that's new. I get to uh, express my love, and, and I get to accept love expressed to me. So that's that's a, a, a pretty cool thing. Um, you know, li- life is good, man. That's another another new thing. You know, I, I, I wake up and I go to work every morning. I, I don't have hangovers. Um, you know, that's that's fairly new uh, within the last five years. So, I mean, there's there's a lot there's a lot going on. I'm able to uh, spring and do uh, things at the spur of the moment. I I think this podcast was like last last night we talked in. Uh, you know, for a moment there, I was like, well, fuck, man. I mean, you know, I could go over there tomorrow night or <laughs> yeah. or Thursday night. Or Friday. But then I was like, no, fuck that. Let's do it. Let's do it. Yeah. So, uh, you know. Um, on the day. On, on the day. On, so let, what's the date today, by the way? I know that this is going to go out in a couple days on Friday, so it's not going to go out on this date. But what is today's date, your sobriety date? So uh, today is October 7th, 2015. And you know what's you know what's so funny, man? Because I I always look back to uh, the day that I I um, went to Azure Acres, and it's like, let's see, what did I have for lunch? I I made myself a grilled cheese sandwich, but it was it was the white trash grilled cheese with the you know melt the cheese in the microwave on the bread <laughs> or put the bread in the toaster and then you know throw the bread and the cheese in the microwave and, and call it a grilled cheese. But I look back and. It, my birth, my 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 real birthday is um, on the tenth of this month, so it will be this Saturday. But huh. one of my most amazing memories of of going to Azure Acres Rehab Treatment House, you know, pick your term, uh, was that my by my third day in there. I mean, I had thirty five strangers singing Happy Birthday to me, Crazy. and it was it was like. God, this is the fucking best birthday ever. And the most amazing thing about that, any other birthday leading up to that, I can't tell you a goddamn thing that happened. You know what I mean? 
But I do remember that there was a um, 35 Strangers sang happy birthday to me. It was a white cake with blue frosting on it. And it had, like, I think, the uh, the 30, the number 30, because it was my 30th birthday, was in pink. 30th like, birthday in rehab, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> Dirty 30 <laughs> in rehab. That's yeah. one hell of a, yeah, how are you going to fucking forget that, man? That's that's pretty awesome, dude. Yeah. And, and like I said, man, like. That's something that's new today. I get to remember that shit. Yeah. You know? Yep. Yeah, dude, that's crazy. That that place, we got to go back to that place, man. We still, I, I haven't been back since I've been been home from it. And I, I think the last time you went is when you went with me to check in, right? Yeah, yeah. And I think, so, I, I mean, you know, as much as I would love to go back, you know, I think it's just another one of those things, dude. Like, we need to just do it by the seat of our pants because yeah. trying to plan anything is really fucking hard. You know what I mean? And I know. I'm I'm that type of guy that, you know, I get asked to do things. Oh, well, you know, let me check with the wife because, you know, like they say, happy wife, happy life. So, I mean, I, I got to make sure, you know, I got I got time well, for that. But that's because they schedule shit for us. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to no, know you're going to go here. I'm, how I didn't know that. Well, why don't you check the fucking calendar? OK, I'll give that a shot. <laughs> yeah. Put that shit in my outlook. <laughs> Oh man, it's comedy. Yeah, but we we do we we got to get back out there, man. I know it's uh, I don't know. It, to be honest with you, I, I really do want to go. I'm not scared to go, but I do have this anxious feeling about um, the feelings that are going to come up when eventually I go back to Azure Acres and kind of revisit that time of my life because it was, I mean, such a pivotal moment in my life. You know those that day when you and Jess dropped me off and then that, that next 30 days and then coming home and having to kind of figure out who I was again. I wore Wranglers and cowboy boots for like two weeks. Who the, yeah, are you it. kidding me? Like I, I never wore it. Wranglers and cowboy boots. I think I bought, I actually fucking bought a camo reversible orange vest to go hunting in. I've never hunted in my life. I'm not saying I wouldn't enjoy to do it, uh, maybe some ducks or something, but it was uh, it was quite the uh, quite the time time in the life. But so I I just want to I just want to get back a little bit to um, your 14 days of of building self esteem mm-hmm. and just just on the topic of making mistakes. Okay. So this is just something that comes again from the four agreements and the fourth agreement being always do your best. And I just thought about this. If I always do my best and I make a mistake, at least I could know that while making that mistake, I was doing my best. So with that being said, um, I think that opens yourself up to learning from your mistakes because you're like, okay, I was at my best. I made a mistake. And that's all. And and that's, that's what you get to think about at that point in time. You don't get to say, yeah, you know, I made a mistake, but I wasn't. I wasn't really doing my best. So, but yeah. if, if if you were doing your best, you say, okay, so I made a mistake. So how do I correct that mistake? So that's just something else that I go, you know, I live my life by is I live my life by <laughs> is it, uh, that, that always do your best, you know, because it, it, it leads my, it leaves open. Um, I don't fucking know what I was going to say. Well, I know what you're getting at is that no matter what, if we're always doing the best we can, it doesn't leave any room for us to question um, anything that we've really done. If we do make a mistake, we know that we tried our best, you know? So 
Um, I think that's I think that's a big part of the four agreements and why we should always put forth our best effort because yeah um, you know nobody nobody might um, not know you know or or how I don't wait that didn't come out right nobody might not know let me just revisit that for one second nobody might not know okay doesn't make any sense maybe nobody knows what I'm doing okay but you know who knows. I do. I know what I'm doing. And that over time will break down somebody's spirit. It will break down your soul. It will break down your mind. It will break down your self-confidence and so on. So that's why we're doing the best we can at all times. Yeah. And then, you know, and too, like just as a, as a grown adult, the funny thing is, is that it seems like the biggest thing in our life that we spend the most of our time at is at work. Right. So I spend a lot of time at work, you know, and I, and I value the job that I do. I enjoy the job that I have. Um, but I always make it a point to no matter what I'm doing at work is to do my best so that that way it sets me up for success the next day and leading into that. Okay. This is what I did. I did my best at what I could do at what I was supposed to do. Now tomorrow I'm just going to build from that. And it seems like it goes back to that progress making progress. I mean, that's something that I, you know, I, I live my life by, um, in everything that I do. I, I, I feel like I've become a better partner to Melanie, um, a better stepdad. And I work really hard at that. I try to do the best job that I could do. And it's funny because even in recovery, I wasn't doing that. You know what I mean? And it's just, I've had an enlightenment, um, probably the last year, two years that, you know, if I, if I'm not doing my best, there's going to be questions and there's going to be problems that arise from that. So why not just do my best and be okay with my best? I live my life like the captain of a sinking ship. Had to quote some atmosphere there. It's one of my favorite lines when you were saying that, that just sparked that. But yeah, that's right on point, man. You know what? Uh, you know what I'd love to hear right now? I know this is kind of off topic real quick, but can you tell can you tell us about your board shorts that you have on right now? Because Seth's got some fucking gnarly camo Vans board shorts on, and they're super cool looking. And uh, apparently they dry in less than five minutes if you get out of the ocean or the pool or wherever the hell you're uh, you're, you're swimming at or surfing or paddleboarding or whatever you're doing. Can you tell us the quick story of, uh, being in Lake Tahoe and purchasing those lovely shorts? Yeah, <laughs> actually I can. It's actually one of my most favorite stories. Dude, it's cause pretty awesome. It puts me back in Lake Tahoe. Lake Tahoe is a beautiful, uh, beautiful place to go. I, I, I love it. It's, it's one of my most favorite place to go. So Melanie took me up there, um, I want to say it was for her birthday. Melanie took me for her birthday, or I took her for her birthday. Not important. So we go to Tahoe, and, you know, there's plenty of beaches to hang out at, and um, my dumbass, I didn't bring any swim trunks, right? So we go to one of our favorite uh, board shops, uh, swimsuit stores, what have you, and it's hilarious because you walk in this place and everyone is, they're like the 20 something burnt out, like totally stoner, 
uh, probably spent the day at the beach or, you know, doing some mountain biking or some, some paddle boarding or something, right? Chapped ass lips. Chapped lips, all burnt, uh, haven't combed their hair in weeks, you know? <laughs> and here I am judging people, which is yeah. something that is like black magic. I think it's just pointing out though the the I I, I know what you're saying though yeah but it, it is kind of pointing out the character of it because there's definitely a character to Lake Tahoe folks yeah man. yeah cool, absolutely cool motherfuckers but. cool cool motherfuckers uh, beach bums in the summertime and oh, yeah. and and uh, snow bums in the wintertime it's it's probably it, it's the best of both worlds up there so anyways we walk in the store right and this twenty something kid can I help you sir. Yeah, you know, I'm look I'm looking for some board shorts. I didn't I, I didn't bring any swim trunks. So he hands me these shorts and he's like, Hey, have you ever tried the new hybrids? <laughs> and I'm like, nah, but I've heard about them. And he's like, Oh bro, they're so sweet. Like you could be down at the beach hanging out and then like get out of the beach and go to a business meeting. <laughs> now, mind you, like I'm not the typical uh white collar, clean cut hair, you know, type of guy. I do not look like a fucking guy that would go to a business meeting. More so, I do not look like a fucking guy that would go to a business meeting in fucking camo board shorts. So it's just hilarious. And every every time I put them on, Mel's like, business meeting, huh? So it's it's hilarious. But they are amazing. I, I, I wear them uh, quite often. I wish I had a couple other pairs there. Uh, they're really comfortable with no underwear on. Tonight I have underwear on just because, of, yeah. I, you can't wear board shorts with underwear. No, I, is, I know. That's like sandals with socks. I know. I know. <laughs> it's it's uh, it's uh, I love sacrilegious. It, yeah. It, I I love it. I loved uh, in the summertime. I don't know if it was this. Maybe it was last summer. I tried to buy a couple different pairs of board shorts and literally only wear board shorts and nuts hanging just for the whole, you know, the whole summer. That's it. Just board shorts and uh, you know t-shirt or tank top, whatever. But uh, it's so comfortable, man. You just you can you can swim, bro. You can fucking just go to like the grocery store in them, or fuck, you can go to a business meeting, bro. Yeah, hilarious, <laughs> hilarious story. I know. I, I gotta love. I, I love the the uh, board shorts as well. Um. Yes, yes, man. Well, I've really enjoyed having you. Uh, having you on the show tonight man it's good to have you back i know we said this last time too it's like man we need to do this more often and we need to get on some sort of schedule maybe where we have you uh have you come on once a month or something and uh we'll pick a topic and kind of dig into it a little bit yeah absolutely i would i would love to do that and i, I just want to give a shout out again to to the emailers that uh emailed in man you know put put the work in um I'm here to tell you, Shane's here to tell you, there's a million other people out there that will, will tell you it gets better. It gets a lot fucking better. And you know, for me, the biggest thing for me, like I said before, at the beginning of the show is that I have turned into this person that can be love and that could love. And that is just one of the most amazing things is that the, the love that I have for, other people, the love that I have for other things. It's, it's so amazing that I'm able to like, just straight up love. Like I was so full of hatred and, and angst and anything mad. Like I thought it was so great until I found this other four, four letter word. And it's just, I mean, 
I don't know. I don't. I don't mean to sound like oh, my life is amazing, <laughs> but it is. It's you fucking, know what I mean. Yeah. No, I got you. I got you. Yeah. Well, uh, it's it's definitely uh, tenfold better than it was five years ago. I'm, I'm sure that's uh, sure that's pretty evident, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I and I can't wait. Um, I know that I have to, but I'm gonna say I can't wait to see you know what life brings me next. You know what I mean. I know that if I if I continue to uh, realize that um, I am powerless over alcohol and with it in my life, my life will be become unmanageable. That um, I will I will be able to grow um, and 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 continue to have this life full of love that I have now. And you know it's 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 so great. It's so great. So if if you're out there struggling, man, reach out. You know, like I said, it's probably one of the hardest fucking things that you're going to do, but it's so liberating and it's it, it, the freedom and the weight lifted off your shoulders is just it's amazing. Well, yeah, and 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 uh I I 100% agree with you and I want I want to leave the audience with this. Uh like Seth said, if you're out there and you're struggling, I want you to I want you to know that it's possible to get sober and uh and I want you to also know that you can you can honestly wake up every single day and be truly excited to live life because I know I am and uh I'm pretty I'm pretty sure Seth is too and there's a lot of us out there who've been able to change and make some changes in our lives and wake up and take a big breath and say, damn, I'm excited to wake up today. I'm excited to live today. I can't wait to see what the, what the day brings me. And, uh, you know, two years ago, I couldn't do that shit. And today I get to do that shit. And it's, it's such a, it's a privilege really, you know, I, I honestly enjoy it. Uh, so Seth, uh, uh, thanks for coming on the show today, man. It's a, it's a pleasure to have you again and we'll do it again soon. Yeah, for sure. Thank you. Thanks again, Shane. It was just as much fun as I, as I thought it was going to be. So, uh, Thank you. Check out That Sober Guy meetings. Go to thatsoberguy.com. Click on the live meetings tab. Uh, make sure you check out the Share Podcast uh, with Omar Pinto and the Recovery Elevator with Paul Churchill, both uh, amazing podcasts you can add to the arsenal. Um, leave us a rating on iTunes. Support the show. That's the best way you can support the show. You can also donate to the show. All the funds uh, that are raised go right back into the operation uh, to continue bringing you great episodes and uh, great live online meetings. Peace, love, respect. Keep your blood clean. This has been another episode of That Sober Guy Podcast. For more information, visit www.thatsoberguy.com. Contact Shane at sobriety at thatsoberguy.com. And leave us a five-star rating on iTunes. Peace, love, respect. Keep your blood clean.